Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Good morning. I'm glad you came to church today. That's all right. If you're not, too bad you're here anyway. And you're going to have to listen to an incredible message too. Just got to sit and just endure, right? No, no, welcome to Renew Life, especially if it's your first time. We're so glad that you're with us today. And I uh, just encourage you just to sit back and, and just relax and just receive from the Lord. And I think, you know, all Sunday he just seems to be doing, like I said earlier, just a, a special work. Um, it's like, you know, sometimes he uses us and sometimes he's like, yeah, I don't need your help today. He's like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to be speaking to my kids today. So I feel like that's what he's doing. Let's, uh, let's kind of switch gears and let's jump into the word. And uh, just see what he wants to do. If you have your Bible, open up to James chapter 1. I'm really excited about um, sharing this with you today. Um, but there's some of you in here that, that, um, that really need to hear this. And, and what I mean by, by that, it, I believe today that for, for many of you, this is going to be the very thing that will help launch you into the next step that God is actually calling you to. It'll show you, I believe in God, to give you direction as you sit here. Um, really even if for those of you in that wilderness season, that, um, hey, what do I do next? And I believe God's going to speak to you today. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, do what it says. (laughs) Look back at that person and say, don't talk to me like that. How dare you? Nike came out with a slogan in 1988 that became iconic. It still lasts to this day. It has kind of transcended time. Um, there's probably someone in the, in the room today or in, the kids, in our kids' uh, classrooms who's actually wearing this slogan on their shirt. You see it all over commercials still today. It's this phrase that's just these three little words, and it's this, just do it. Come on, talk to your neighbor one more time and say, come on, just do it. <laughs> just do it. I, I, love, I love this statement because it, it kind of it pushes past just the area of sports and the culture around sports. It kind of applies to really any area of our life that we let it apply to. It just, there, there's something about this phrase, just do it. And if you could kind of break it down to understand what it, really, what, it's, what it really means, it means simply this. I know that you may be facing something hard. I know that it may take risk. I know you may not understand everything. I, may, I know you may not want to do it. I may, you, you may not have all the pieces in place. However, just do it. Just do it. You know why I think this phrase and this slogan has lasted for this long and why it has meant so much to us? Because we as people, we do not naturally just do it. 
not very many of us in here are good at just doing it. There's a very small um, percentage in here. There's, there's a certain personality. That for the, there's some of you, you, you can. You can just do it. The problem is, is that none of us like you. Because <laughs> we're all jealous that you just do it. But there's something about you, you can just, there's, you have this propensity, even a gifting from God where you, where you risk it and you just, you just kind of do it. You don't need all the answers. You don't need all the puzzle pieces. You're just able to go for it. So for those of you, you don't have to listen to me for the next 30 minutes. Get on your phone and play a game or something. But for the rest of you <clears throat> who don't know how to just do it, I want to help you today. Because the truth is there are obstacles that get in our way from just doing it. It is risky sometimes to just do it, whatever that it is. There are things that just, there are barriers, there are walls that, that get in the way. Maybe it's too risky. Maybe you don't have all the information. Maybe if we just get really, really honest, we're, we're lazy or we're immature or we're complacent. The list goes on and on for all the reasons why we don't just do it. But I want you to hear me today and make no mistake about it. As the people of God, God has created us to do. God created us to be doers. Not just hearers only, as James said. He created us to do. To do what he says. To do what we read in scripture. To do the things he places in our heart. We've, we, we are doers. He wants us to advance the kingdom. Do. He wants us to fulfill the call of God on our life. Do. See, see God, is, he's, he's created us to do. If we have a theology that lacks doing, we have an incomplete theology. What's the, 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 I think the most beautiful thing about it is that we don't have to do to earn his love, to earn his favor, or his grace, or his mercy. But we get to do because of his love, because of his grace, and because of his mercy. See, it's when you understand who you are in Christ that you realize you'll go after some stuff, you'll do some stuff, because whether you succeed or whether you fail, it doesn't ever change the way he feels about you. You are who you are no matter how good you are at your doing. But we have to understand that that applies to our identity. But it's the very thing that puts us out to work so to speak. As I was praying over this message and praying over what the Lord would, would have me share with you, I heard him say, it's really important that, that, that my people do what I've put in their heart to do. It's important that you do what's in your heart. I'm not saying just what's in your heart, what your desire. I'm talking about the desire that you know he put in there. I'm talking about the vision that you know is from God that he placed in you. It's important that we learn to accomplish the vision that God gives us. And let me just say this from the start. When I say the word vision today, here's what I'm talking about. I'm simply talking about the voice of God in your life. I'm talking about vision from God. It can be as big as go to New Zealand, or it can be as little as, hey, bro, stop cussing. Hey, man, be nice to your wife. Respect your husband. Come to church. I'm saying anything that God speaks into your life and places in your heart, actually, I don't know if you realize this, it, it becomes vision for your life. 
So how, how is it that we accomplish that vision? How do we get over the barriers? How do we get over those things that keep us from just doing it? That's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to title the message, Accomplish the Vision. Accomplish the Vision. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we invite you into this place. We open up ourselves to your word. We believe it's life-giving, life-changing, and life-transforming. We want, to, we want to leave different today. We want to leave with more wisdom today, new today. And so we just say, Holy Spirit, lead and guide us. Change us in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Accomplish the vision. Um, have you ever met someone that gives advice about something they've never done? I won't say anything about those people except for the fact that we don't like you. I'm just kidding. We've all actually done this. We've all given advice sometimes when, when, when we shouldn't have, when we actually haven't done the very thing. We have to be really, really honest. Like, we don't really listen to those people with much credit, do we? We don't give them much credit. If there is no experience, if they actually haven't done the very thing they're teaching us to do or giving advice on, it kind of lacks weight, doesn't it? There's something about doing something that gives you a knowledge and a revelation, if I could say, that you can't get unless you do it. One of the, one of the things that I, I laugh about often, um, and this, this is no judgment to you today, um, but I do, I do laugh about this often. You probably did it yesterday. If you're a football watcher, you probably did it yesterday and you will do it again today. And um, many, many fans are very, very critical of the quarterback position. And here's what we do. We say things like, how did he not see that guy? <laughs> or that guy was wide open. And what I laugh about is the fact that when we say that, where we're actually sitting when we say that. We're sitting on the couch. We're eating chips, drinking things, hanging out. And we got, and, 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 and here's, here's what's actually happened. I don't know if you realize this. The, in, you watch NFL games, college games. What they've done is they have strung a camera out over the whole field. And there is a camera sitting about 20 feet above the quarterback, just, just creating a beautiful picture for you to look at of all the open receivers. And we have the, the, the gall to say, how did he not see that guy? <laughs> and can I just say from experience, I can tell you why he did not see the guy. It's because down on his level, he's being chased by five 300-pound monsters, and they're trying to kill him. <laughs> they're trying to destroy his life. That's what they're trying to do. That's why he didn't see the guy. Okay, let's just make that clear, a quick little football teaching note. You see, you can, you can sit back and you can study the quarterback position for years. You can watch every game. You can start learning, listening to the commentators and learning about coverages and learning about blitzes. And you can sit there and you can go and chat it up with your boys, acting like you know everything that you're talking about. And can we just be honest? Like, you don't know what it's like to be a quarterback until you really do it. You see, it's in the doing that you understand what it's like to be, to, to, to be chased down and to still get a ball off, and to still find the open. It, it, it happens through experience. You know what? You can learn all you want to learn about being a mom. But until you have a kid, 
you don't know what it's like to be a mom. If you're like me and Natalie, you probably read up on some parenting books before you had your first kid. How'd that work out for you? We can just go ahead and pick them up and just toss them in the dumpster. (laughs) Because there's something to be said about becoming a parent. You learn something by doing it. Hear me today. As believers, as followers of Jesus, we have to make sure that we do not become just hearers only. But we actually have to be a people who do. We have to become a people who actually do what we hear, do what we read, and we do what he says. You want to know why? Because what happens when you do is you actually, the the fullness of the revelation that God is trying to get to you is actually released when you do. You can read the word all day long, but until you do it, the fullness of the revelation that is tied up in that word, it will not come to you until you take action. It's not until you, you, you have good deeds to support your faith. It's not until you, you, you actually do something with what you read. You, in, in other words, you can read and hear all day long, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know the scripture like the back of your hand. You can quote it in three different translations. But trust me, you don't know what it's like until you go pray for that person that you don't know in that restaurant. And it gets awkward and it gets weird. And you go into all the world and preach the gospel. But when you do, a revelation is released. The fullness of the revelation. Is this making sense? The fullness of that scripture comes alive. And you realize, oh, wow, I knew what you meant, Jesus, when you said to go into all the world. You knew, you understand that there's the insecurities you got to get over and the fear of man that you have to get over and the awkwardness that you have to get by. And you realize that it ain't easy. And not, not, and not everybody wants you to come into their world and preach the gospel. There's a fullness of revelation that you get when you do. There's a fullness of revelation that happens when You don't just hear about tithing, but you do it. And you experience him opening up windows of heaven and pouring out blessing on you. You experience what it means to be generous and him be generous back to you. You see, we have to be be people who do. This This is what James was actually talking about. He said in in, in chapter 1, verse 22, he makes an interesting statement. He says, Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Not to scare us or make this thing too weighty, but the truth is this. When we just become hearers only, the product of only being a hearer is that we deceive ourselves. And what I believe that James is actually teaching, what I I believe this deception is, is that when we, when we hear things over and over and we don't do them, we'll actually start to believe that we're doing them. You just hear something over and over and over and over, you'll just start believing that you're doing it. You'll just start believing, oh, I'm good. I've been, I've been, I've been going into all the world my whole life. I've been, I've been not gossiping my whole life. I've been, and hear me, this is not a, this is not a religious old covenant teaching today. 
I'm talking about the new covenant, being inspired by the Holy Spirit to, to, to be examples, to be a witness like Jesus would be. That's what I'm talking about. See, <clears throat> this is a real thing. You can hear something over and over, and all of a sudden you'll just start believing that you're doing it. Um, just over the last probably four or five months, I, um, I, I kind of was on YouTube and I got taken down one of those rabbit trails. You know what I'm saying? They got them algorithms and they work perfect on you just like they work perfect on me. I love the rabbit trails. It's like, it's like, you know, like God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, my wife, my kids, rabbit trails. <laughs> and I got on this, this kick and I was doing all this, watching all these videos on taking ice baths. Anybody ever, everybody looked into this? Oh yeah, the algorithm's coming after you too. And I started, like, I was watching all kinds of stuff. Like, I was watching videos on the benefits of the ice bath. I was watching guys walk out in the snow barefooted and breaking up ice in their ice bath and just getting in and not even making a face. And I'm like, man, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> and I'm learning all about it. I'm talking to everybody about it. I'm coming to Chandler and bro, like, do you, do you take ice baths? Like, it's really good for your knees and, like, inflammation and whatever. And guess what? I ain't taking an ice bath in four months. I ain't gotten no ice bath. I ain't gotten even in a cold tub. I don't even turn my shower to cold. And I'm talking about it like I've been doing it for years. I ain't done nothing. And I've heard and I've heard and I've heard. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking that I'm doing it. You ain't doing it, bro. Just be honest, you ain't. And this can happen with the word. This is how we can deceive ourselves is this is the importance of actually coming to church ready to do what Jesus is leading you to do. This is the importance of when you open up that word that you have a soft heart and you let it hit you and you go after the very thing that you're reading about. Because on one side, if you don't, you may deceive yourself. But on the other side, oh my goodness, the fullness of revelation and the fruit that you read about, it will actually take place in your life when you start to do it. I remember Banning Leifscher, he he's been here before and a guy that I look up to and listen to. He said this statement, he said, the difference between those who do something for God and those who don't is that the people who do something, do something. It's like, thank you, Banning. Appreciate you breaking it down like that. They do something. James, in, in chapter 2, he goes on to explain, explain this, this idea in a, in a scripture that you're more familiar with. In verse 14, he says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And you go on to verse 26. I've never seen this until, until recently. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. We've all been to a funeral before and we've maybe seen an open casket and we've seen a body without a spirit. I know you probably don't want to think about this, but it's, this is what James is teaching. We, we realize that those, those moments are so sobering because 
we realize it's like, oh my gosh, this thing that is that I call myself, it's just a shell. Without the spirit in it, it's not alive. You see it. You see that the thing that gave it life has left. Hear me today. Faith, the body. Faith without action, dead. It's your action. Catch this today. It is your action that brings life to your faith. It's your action that brings life to the word. It's your action that brings life to the vision he placed on the inside of you. It's, it's, it's your action. It's your step of faith that actually, that actually brings, brings a, a, a livingness, a liveness to, to the very thing he placed on your heart. If it just stays in your heart and if it just stays on the pages of this Bible, it will do no good. It is only when the, the, the life literally comes into it when you take it and do something with it. Isn't that good? Isn't that amazing? Like, like hear me today. Some of you, God has placed a vision on the inside of you. He's, he has said something to you at the first of the year. Maybe he's put something in you since, uh, I mean, for five years, ten years. And you're, and, you're, and you're waiting for it to come to life. Because you're like, man, if, if it would just come to life, if I would just know more, I would do something. No, 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 hear me. You got to do something so life comes to it. You can't sit and wait around all the time waiting for God. He, if he hasn't showed you, showed you now, it's probably because he's wanting you to take a step. It's probably because it's in the action that, boom, here comes some life. It brings it to life. We're called to not just be hearers, but to be, to be doers. So again, how do we accomplish this? How is it that we accomplish the vision? Let me give you four ways today <clears throat> that, uh, that will bring this vision to life and actually bring success into your life. Number one, you want to know how you get better at accomplishing the vision God gives you? Do it before you think you're ready. You have to do it before you think you're ready. Oh, this one's fun. I just kind of alluded to that. We have to do it before we think we're ready. <clears throat> now, my disclaimer to this point is, should you pray about it? Yes. Should you talk to wise people? Yes. Should you go to your pastor? Probably. If it's a, the bigger it is, the more people you need to talk to. But there comes a point where you have to jump. There comes a point where you got to get out of the boat. There comes a point where you actually have to do. The Bible is full of people who did not think they were ready. They didn't think they, they, not, they didn't just think they were ready. They thought God picked the wrong person. Like, God, you missed it on this one. Gideon, Lord, you came to the wrong wine press. Like, you, you came to the wrong place, wrong guy. Moses, Lord, I have a stuttering problem. How am I supposed to be the spokesperson to millions of people? How am I supposed to lead people out? Like, you picked the wrong guy. I'm not ready. God's like, I just made you ready. I really don't care what you feel like. I don't mean that insensitive. You see, in order to accomplish the vision God's places in you, whether that be you read the word 
and it sparks something in you, whether that be the spoken word and you know he's saying something for you to do, no matter what that thing is, there will become a point. The only way you accomplish it is you got to step out before you feel ready. If, you, if you're waiting to feel ready, you will miss it. If you're waiting to feel ready to give your first prophetic word, good luck. If, if you're, you, you, this, is, this actually is faith. Faith is going when you don't feel ready. If you have all the information, guess what it doesn't take? It doesn't take faith. You know what you're moving in? You're just moving in knowledge. Sometimes God will hide knowledge because of the faith step he wants you to take. He'll only highlight a step. It's very annoying. It can be very aggravating. Lord, show me more. No. Showed you enough. Go. But it is a life of faith. It's the journey that we're on. Like, this is what makes it fun. This is where life happens. Life happens when you go to someone and you're talking to your spiritual family and you're saying, man, I feel like the Lord's doing this. They're like, I think he is too. You should do that. And then you just go for it. Knowing you got God and you got people around you that can help you. Man, what life comes when you go before you think you're ready. Number two, you want to know how you get past those barriers and you accomplish the vision the Lord, Lord places in you? Ask the Lord more questions. You have to learn to ask the Lord more questions. <clears throat> Many of us make the mistake of hearing the Lord and then going out and trying to accomplish it for him instead of with him. We make the mistake of accomplishing it for him instead of with him. And the, we, all, we, we would all agree with this. It's newsflash. If he gave you the vision, he probably knows how to accomplish it. Just saying. Probably knows the exact step you're supposed to take. And some of you need to know it's actually okay for you to put out a fleece. It's okay for you to ask God for confirmation. Say, Lord, can you confirm that word? Lord, and sometimes he will. Sometimes you get into a place and he's like, not on this one. I need you to go. But it's okay. Like you read in scripture, you remember the story, Jesus sends his disciples out on the lake, the storm hits. The wind's blowing, Jesus comes walking out, and he's like, hey guys, it's me, I'm here. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out. Um, anybody ever prayed a Lord, if it's you prayer? Lord, if it's you, Lord, if that's you? Proof in scripture, it's actually okay to ask, Lord, if it's you, would you show me again? See, we need to learn how to ask and re-engage with the Lord. You told me to do this, help, what, what's the step? What step do I take? How do I accomplish that? We can't go to God as soldiers in an army and he's the general and we say, reporting for duty, sir, what are my marching orders? Blah, 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 all right, thanks God. And here's what we do. We get our orders, we salute, and then we go out in our own strength, in our own wisdom, in our own understanding, in our own strategies, and we, kind, we get a human result. Instead of going, oh, Lord, I hear what you say. I'm going to honor that. Will you come with me? Will you help me? Will you link arms with me? 
Oh, there's a scripture that says that, we're, that, that uses, we're linked to him, um, the yoke of an ox. I remember, I'll never forget, someone told me the vision they got when they saw that scripture is like Jesus being the big ox and we're just some little bitty one and our feet aren't even touching the ground. We're just going along with the ox. Just, we're yoked, but he's doing it all. But we stay engaged with him. Lord, show me how. Lord, how do I do that? Give me a strategy. Give me a wisdom. And the little bit that he gives, you go for it. You take a step of faith. Back to point number one. You risk it. You go before you think you're ready. But one of the ways that we actually begin to accomplish the vision is we just ask him more questions. Number three, we have to have a heart of humility and honor. We have a heart of humility and honor. It's a heart that has such an honor for his word, spoken and written, that when he speaks, there's something on the inside of us that says, I have to honor what he's telling me to do. You're humble enough to go, I ain't got it figured out. My wisdoms, my strategies, they are just human. They don't work. I need, I need you, God. It's a humility that, that hears, but it's also an honor in your heart that when he speaks, you have, if I could put it in my own words, it's this mindset that goes, well, all right, I'm gonna have to do that. I'm gonna have to say that to that person. I'm gonna have to confront that issue. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go for it. Oh Lord, I'm gonna have to take a new step into a new career. Oh, I'm gonna have to, but you have such honor that when you know that he's speaking, the options go out the window. It's not a matter of, of if you will, it's when. That kind of honor. And when you have humility and honor in your heart, waiting in your heart, this is the very thing that creates that fertile soil that scripture talks about. That when the seed comes and it falls on good soil, it produces a harvest 30, 60, and 100. Hear me today, two components that fertilize your soil, the soil of your heart are humility and honor. It's, it's literally honor. When you have honor, honor is the very thing that pushes you back to God to ask more questions. It's the thing that pushes you back to God that may, and, 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 then, and then, then you risk it. You see, you have honor. Like when you have honor and humility in your heart, guess what God knows? Oh, they're gonna do what I tell them to do. So usually he will come with something that, that makes you uncomfortable. He'll grow you. He'll have you step out. It'll be a big thing. But you have so much honor and you know that you have to do it, when you feel, but you feel so helpless at the same time, you go back to him. It's the fear of the Lord. I just wanna encourage you young people in here today. Your honor for him grows. Your honor for him grows. I have an honor today for the Lord, and I'm not saying I've reached the spot, but I have more of an honor for him today than I did a year ago. I have more of an honor for him today in what he says than I did five years ago or 10 years ago. My honor and respect for him, it's just really just called maturity. I have more of an honor for him. How do you, how do you grow in your honor? You honor the things that, you're, that he's saying right now. 
You honor the little things. You do the little things. And then he trusts you with much. And you go, oh my goodness, Lord, I don't know about that, but I honor your word. Then number four, that's what we've been really talking about. You just have to do it. How do you accomplish the vision? You just got to do it. And I'm going to give you something alongside of that. Do it and tell someone you're going to do it. Bring account- accountability into your life. <laughs> oh, I just thought of this. If you're waiting for someone to come to you and say, I want to keep you accountable, first of all, if that happens, run. <laughs> that person's messed up. <clears throat> You have to go get it. You have to go get accountability. So you got to do this thing. You got to accomplish the vision. You got to do that work. But what I'm saying is invite someone along in the journey. Do it and tell someone you're going to do it. You can, it can just be between you and God that you're going to get up at 6 a.m. and spend time in the Word. Okay. My next question was like, how's that working out for you? What happens when you tell your wife you're going to do it? Guess what you just brought into your life? Accountability. Because guess who knows if you got up or not? <laughs> she does. Oh, what a beautiful thing. Like the big things. It's going to the people you trust and sharing a dream. I feel like the Lord wants me to do this with my life. I feel like he's put this in my heart. And you go to someone who you trust and you tell them. It gets out of here and gets out here. You start to put words to it and power to it. And then, and then it be, actually starts to become something. And then it starts to, guess what happens? Life. Sometimes an action that you can take is just speaking. Sometimes the first step of you doing is telling someone you just did something. Uh oh, you just let the cat out of the bag. They might actually make me do it. Man, I just, I really want to stop being so critical and I really need to stop gossiping. All right, go tell the person you gossip to the most and say, hey, we've got to stop this. So when I start doing it, just give me the look. Slap me, hit me. I don't care, just help. The slap thing would be awesome, but that's just, I'll leave that up to you. But you do it, but you, you let someone else know and say, keep me accountable. How do you accomplish the vision? Number one, do it before you think you're ready. Number two, ask the Lord more questions. Number three, have a heart of humility and honor. And number four, do it and tell someone you're going to do it. I'll close with this scripture. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? so we can do, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.